As expected, Vladimir Putin has launched a full-scale Russian invasion of Ukraine. The invasion extended far beyond the contested breakaway regions in the east of the country, going all the way to the nation's capital of Kiev, where explosions could be heard on television in the middle of the night. Ukrainians who, who, who resist. Oh, I tell you what, I just heard a big bang right here behind me. I thought we shouldn't have done the live shot here. There are big explosions taking place in Kiev right now. Um, I can't see where they're taking place from this vantage point here on top of the roof of the hotel in central Kiev. And I can't explain what they are, but I heard four or five explosions a few moments ago. I don't know whether our viewers or whether you in the studio there could hear uh, what, we could what, hear it, what I just heard. There is going to be lots of finger pointing over the next few days. There's going to be a lot of damage control from our own country's ruling elite. But you should make no mistake. This is Joe Biden's fault. Everybody knew that Putin wanted to conquer Ukraine along with many other neighboring countries. Putin invaded Georgia under George W. Bush. He invaded Crimea under Obama. He paused the invasions under Donald Trump. Now he has invaded Ukraine under Biden. It is not just Biden's bad luck that Putin chose this moment to invade. He is invading Ukraine right now because Joe Biden made specific decisions that encouraged him to do it. Donald Trump instituted sanctions on Russia. Biden lifted those sanctions. Trump shut down Putin's Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which would give Russia direct access to the European oil market. Joe Biden gave the green light to the pipeline, removing all the leverage that Ukraine ever had. Trump kept Putin on his toes and in line. Biden literally invited him to invade Ukraine, just so long as the invasion were only a minor incursion. I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. Wow, really tough talk. There's the leader of the free world. All right, Mr. Alligator, you can have my pinky, but you'd better not take the whole hand. There it is. Don't, don't you better, you can have, a, okay, you can have two fingers, but don't, okay, well, that's American leadership. No wonder we see what's happening now in Ukraine. It is impossible to prove a counterfactual, but it seems safe to say that this would not be happening right now if Donald Trump were still president. But elections, even dubious elections, have consequences. The jello-headed cadaver currently occupying the Oval Office has been in power for just one year, and already the post-Cold War world order is crumbling. A high price to pay, but hey, at least no more mean tweets. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. My favorite comment yesterday from Cool Papa J Magic. I think he's been my favorite commenter before. He said, uh, for all the people who say legalizing weed is not a slippery slope into legalizing harder drugs, think again. A few states legalize weed, and just a couple short years later, we have government-issued crack pipes. That's true. And, and President Crack Pipe uh, it doesn't just seem to be messing up domestic policy. He seems to be disturbing the entire world order. I don't know about you. But with this guy in charge, I do not feel 
particularly safe. Now, when you want your home to be safe, your family to be safe, your stuff to be safe, I recommend you check out Ring. You know about the Ring video doorbell. I know you know because I've been telling you about it for years, how great it is. You can see who's at your doorstep, whether you're in the house, at the office, on a beach on the other side of the world. Well, did you know that Ring makes an alarm? Ring makes an award-winning home security system with available professional monitoring. Best of all, you can easily install it yourself. Even I can install it. I'm not the handiest guy in the world. I need to call contractors to put a light bulb in. But Ring, it's so easy. You can install it 10, 15 minutes. You can get all the sensors for motion, doors, and windows that will work on any house and apartment just like yours. You get notified right on your phone whenever anything is detected. And it's more than just security. You can add sensors that will help to protect your home from flood, freeze, and fire too. I love Ring. I absolutely love it. I really appreciate Ring in particular because they have been with this show from day one. So if you want to support the show, if you want to protect your home, your family, your stuff, go get Ring's award-winning alarm. Go to ring.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to get a great deal on a Ring Alarm home security kit today. Ring.com slash Knowles. Stephen King, the vehemently anti-Trump, anti-Republican, anti-conservative horror novelist, Stephen King, tweeted out two days ago, Mr. Putin has made a serious miscalculation. He forgot he's no longer dealing with Trump. That tweet didn't even make it 24 hours. One day, let's be generous. That tweet made it one day and that tweet aged like milk. And we all knew it would. When I read it the first time, I thought the debate right now is not over whether Putin is going to invade Ukraine or not. That, that is guaranteed to happen. You would have to be living on another planet or so deeply, profoundly ignorant of world affairs and politics to believe that some, some sort of invasion is not going to happen now. There was a real debate over, is Putin just going to go in to the eastern part of the country or is he going to go all the way to Kiev and conquer the whole country? But it turns out that a whole lot of ideologues, radical leftists who are, these are not fringe people. Stephen King is a very prominent figure in America. He's a cultural elite. He's been one for decade upon decade. He really seemed to believe that Vladimir Putin was going to be afraid of Mr. Come on, man. Well, did you hear what Biden did to corn pop back at the pool in Delaware? Did you, the, you know, that thing that also never happened? This, this guy, Joe Biden, one of the most incompetent p- politicians we've ever had in our country. He's competent at getting and staying elected. I don't want to take that away from him. He's very good at that, but he hasn't accomplished anything in his whole career, not one single thing. The the closest thing to an accomplishment in Joe Biden's career was passing that crime bill in 1994 with the help of a lot of other people. That was the best thing he ever did. And then he ran away from it in the 2020 campaign. So you knew the minute this guy found his way into the Oval Office, you knew things are not going to get better. But you would have to be just mainlining CNN. You would have to be in such an echo chamber of the establishment propaganda to really believe that Putin walked all over Trump and was was petrified of Joe Biden. It's insane. It's completely the opposite. The proof of the pudding is in the tasting. Putin didn't aggress under Trump. And then Biden's in office for one year and already he's conquering an entire country, upsetting the world order that we have had for over 30 years now. Didn't make it one day. You know, we, we talk about 
Russian propaganda. The Russians are known for their propaganda, particularly the Russian communists. And don't forget, Vladimir Putin was a KGB spy and he was a really good KGB spy. He was not good in the moral sense, good in the tactical sense. This guy is a killer. This guy was a very serious player during the Soviet Union. And so we focus on how silly the Russian propaganda is. What about our own propaganda? What about CNN? CNN now is doing some actual reporting for the first time in probably a decade. They've got a reporter on the ground. It's inspiring to see. I'm, I'm glad. I hope CNN does more of that, you know, journalism, reporting. But beyond that one guy, you've got CNN, NBC, the Washington Post, the New York Times. They're, they're just Pravda. They're just, they're just the American regime's equivalent of Russian propaganda. And if you really believed all that stuff, if you weren't tuning into this show, if you weren't reading the Daily Wire, if you weren't talking to other people when you can on social media, you would really believe that there's no way Putin's going to, you would be shocked when you heard those bombs go off in Kiev. And now maybe the most insulting aspect of this, of this complete botched mayhem that, that, that Biden is presiding over is that the ruling establishment in the United States is now exploiting the war in Ukraine to justify their own failures on every other front. I couldn't believe this one. I should believe it at this point, but I, but I couldn't. This was in one of the, one of the news networks, CBS or NBC. Yes, it was CBS News. How the Ukraine crisis is already hitting Americans' wallets. Oh, well, that's where the Ukraine crisis has been going on for 12 hours now. So please tell me, CBS, how is it already hitting our wallets? Well, they tweet, the U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. You know that thing that just happened like five minutes ago? That's, That's the reason for all of the problems that you've been experiencing for months and even years now. Yeah, it's Ukraine. It's not Biden's fault. It's not Dr. Fauci's fault. It's not the Chinese communists' fault, even. It's not because of the COVID lockdowns that all the Democrats were pushing. It's not because the Democrats are shutting down American energy production and relying more on hostile foreign powers. So now you're going to see your gas prices go up a lot more in the next few weeks. No, no, no. It's not. It's yeah, inflation. It's not because we're just printing money willy nilly and giving it away to everybody and just trying to spend our way out of temporary political crises. No, no, no. It's uh. Putin. Yeah, that's it. That's why. It's not Putin. It's Biden. It's Biden. Frankly, even on the invasion of Ukraine, whose fault is it at the, at the particular judgment when all of us are standing before our maker, Putin is going to have to answer for his actions, right? He's the one leading this war into Ukraine. But we all knew Putin wanted to do it. Everyone with two brain cells together to rub together knew that Putin wanted to do it. Joe Biden let it happen. Joe Biden incentivized it to happen. Joe Biden made stupid error after stupid error after mind-numbingly, incomprehensibly stupid error. And Putin took advantage. Up to and including, well, if it's just a minor incursion. Okay, why don't you roll out the red carpet for him? What a freaking putz. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, it's so, it's so dishonest. This is what really struck me about this article in CBS. It's so dishonest. You'll see, you'll see this a lot. I'll give you another example of it. They'll say, here's job creation under different presidents. And you'll see, you know, Biden job creation. He's created a gazillion jobs. Trump, he lost a lot of jobs. He created like no jobs. And you think, well, I don't remember. I, I don't think that's what happened. I remember the Trump administration and he made a lot of jobs. Well, what, what, what happened? Well, it's because 
the, when the libs and the statisticians are coming up with these numbers, they count the COVID lockdowns, which was a voluntary giving up of jobs because the government said, you can't go to work. You've all got to lock down. And then when Joe Biden, under Joe Biden, the establishment said, okay, you can go back to work. So then the jobs go back up again. It's so dishonest. It's pure propaganda. Pravda couldn't have done any better. It's kind of hard to sleep well at night with all this craziness in the world. But if you want to sleep well at night, you should check out Bolin Branch. Right now, go to bolandbranch.com, use promo code Michael, you will get the softest organic sheets on the market. They get better with every wash. I have, I'm, I really love Bolin Branch. They've supported this show since its very earliest days. And I remember the first time they sent me some sheets was before I got married. And I tried out the sheets and I thought, oh my gosh, these sheets, they actually are as good as they say they are. There's a reason multiple US presidents have slept on these sheets. It feels like the fanciest hotel you've ever slept on. And then what happens? I get married. I need to get a bigger bed. So we get the big bed. I go, I'll tell you what, I go, I buy the sheets. I say they're worth every single penny. I use promo code Michael so that I get to save a lot of money on it. They're really good. The highest quality organic cotton and not too hot, not too cool. You're going to feel like royalty. Experience the best sheets you've ever felt at BolinBranch.com. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Michael at checkout. That's BolinBranch, B-O-L-L and Branch.com, promo code Michael. The dishonesty of our ruling class is enough to make you laugh hysterically or scream or cry. I those, are, those are your options. <laughs> So pick one. I guess I, I generally choose to laugh at it, but it's getting harder and harder because it's so clear that our rulers hold us in absolute disdain. They have nothing but contempt for us and they mock us constantly. Bill Gates, Bill Gates, who he doesn't hold any position in the government and yet he's everywhere. He's always on TV telling us what vaccines to take. He's always meeting with world leaders, I guess, because he's a very rich guy. He, always, he seems to be dictating a whole lot of not just American public policy, but public policy around the world. Then he's in Africa pushing his public, public policy agenda. It's, it, he's got a ton of power and he has been rabid about COVID not only on getting us all to take the extremely effective, 100% safe and effective vaccines that are totally going to stop transmission and infection and whoopsie daisy. I guess they're not totally doing that. But anyway, you've got to take the second shot or the third or the fourth, maybe the fifth shot. But those of you who haven't taken the first shot yet, you have to take it because it's so effective, but it's not going to be effective enough to stop you from taking the fifth. Okay. Bill Gates has been doing that. And now he's making fun of people who won't wear the mask. So you, you don't want to wear the mask, he says. Well, 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 you might as well take off your pants. I think there are a lot of people in America who are confused about whether they should be wearing a mask. And in the United Kingdom, for example, they've scrapped that altogether. Well, that's interesting. You know, what is the downside of wearing a mask? I mean, it's got to be tough. You know, you have to wear pants. Uh, I mean, this is tough stuff. These societies are so cruel. Why do they make you wear pants? I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> We're very glad you have yours on. Um, uh, that will be on the web. Uh -oh. <laughs> for sure, will be on the web. <laughs> Boy, we got a regular Don Rickles here, don't we? Oh, there's old Rodney Dangerfield, that Bill, that cut up Bill Gates. Why not? It's so, it's so awful. It's so terrible. What a cruel society. Would you come on, just wear your masks, guys, says the man not wearing a mask on a panel with four other people, none of whom are wearing masks, speaking to an audience, which may or may not be wearing masks, but I highly doubt it. I don't know. Maybe they are, maybe they're not, but I doubt it. And I doubt that any of those people in that room, including the audience, in their regular personal lives ever wear the masks. Because it's not for them. Because Bill Gates is clean. 
He's clean. He's an elite. He can do what he wants. He's not a filthy, dirty peasant like you are. You need to wear it to protect him from your filth. That's why, that's why you've got to wear it. Come on. What's the big deal about wearing a mask? I don't know. Why aren't you wearing one then? If it's not a big deal, if it's totally normal, if it's just like putting pants on in the morning, why are you, Bill Gates, wearing pants but not wearing a mask? Because wearing the mask is degrading. It's inhuman. We are social creatures. As Aristotle says, we are the political animal. We like to see one another. We like to speak to one another. That's a distinguishing feature of being a human. We like to see each other's smiles. We like to see each other's faces. It conveys a lot of information, a lot of emotion. It helps us get along together in society. That's, that's, oh, and also, by the way, to quote Leanna Wen, the chief medical analyst at CNN, the face masks, the cloth face masks are nothing more than facial decoration. That's the other reason, I guess. So what's the big deal? It's just like wearing pants, guys. Come on. What a terrible society. They're, di- they're different. Pants and masks are different, Bill Gates. And you know it because you don't wear it, but it doesn't matter because there's one set of rules for him and one set of rules for everybody else. You, you're seeing this in action in Canada right now. Uh, Pr- Prime Minister uh, Justin Castro. Just, Justin, Justin Fidel Castro up in Canada. Uh, he has now put down the truckers. He had the trucker convoy pushing against his draconian Fauci ouchy mandate. Uh, they held him off for several weeks. They got some concessions, at least out of the local governments. And then Trudeau suspended the rule of law, invoked the Emergencies Act, uh, went after the truckers, beat them up in the streets, arrested them, stole their property. And now, now, Justin Trudeau, that great defender of liberal democracy, he's putting away the Emergencies Act and restoring the rule of law. We were very clear that the use of the Emergencies Act would be limited in time. When we invoked it, it would be in place for up to 30 days, but we said that we would lift it as soon as possible. We've held updates and briefs with ministers and officials every day, often multiple times a day. And today, after careful consideration, we're ready to confirm that the situation is no longer an emergency. Therefore, the federal government will be ending the use of the Emergencies Act. We are confident that existing laws and bylaws are now sufficient to keep people safe. Of course, we'll continue to be there to support provincial and local authorities if and when needed. There he is, Cincinnatus, Justin Trudeau, regular old Washington, Trudeau putting away his emergency powers and restoring the rule of law after he totally won, after he, through sheer brute force and tyranny of will, completely put down the truckers. And then not only did he put down the truckers, but threw him in jail confiscated their property, threatened to kill their dogs. Remember that? They actually, the Ottawa bylaw services threatened to take and kill the puppies of the trucking protesters. After that, he says, okay, I've completely quashed this uprising here, this popular protest. Now I'm going to restore the rule of law. Very easy for him to do. He won. He won. And had he not won, he'd still have the emergency powers and he'd still be fighting down. There is, there is nothing orderly or principled about what we're seeing in Canada, certainly not what we're seeing in Ukraine. What we are seeing is sheer t- 
tyranny of will, power politics. I'm going to cudgel you over the head. And the way they do it in Eastern Europe is, is pretty violent and an actual historic event right now. And what they're doing in Canada is being done with a smile. But make no mistake, there is no order here. There is not a whole lot of logic here. This is a political reordering of our society, in some cases being done with a grimace, in some cases being done with a smile. The opinion of a great many people, forget Canada for a second, forget America's hat, come back down to America. The, the opinion of a great many people is that conservative traditional Christian, overwhelmingly Americans who don't want their way of life completely upended, who don't want their rights suspended, who don't want their traditional liberties taken away, they can't be reasoned with. We can't be reasoned with. We can't be allowed to express our voice. This is why when we vote and we elect someone like Donald Trump, that's a threat to democracy. How the hell is it a threat to democracy? Just because the people voted for a guy. Well, no, but they didn't vote for the right guy. They really shouldn't have been allowed to vote in the first place. According to one Texas middle, middle school teacher who was just caught on camera, conservative Christians, they just, they just need to get COVID and die. That's what's frustrating. The rest of the life is impacted because of politics, because of conservative Christians. I'm telling you, those conservative Christians, I'm going to see my boyfriend. Oh! Little hard to hear what these cackling hens are saying, which says if, if they had just all given up their rights and all taken the Fauciachi right away, then it would be over. There would be no COVID, but they haven't done. They just need to die, these conservative Christians. So sure, this middle school teacher, she, I guess she didn't say it in the front of a classroom. She just said it to other teachers and administrators. But what do you think she's teaching? What do you think the kids are being taught? They're being taught that if you dissent from this regime, you deserve death. You just need to go away. Not there, she's not even saying you need to go to the gulag. Man, St- Stalin seems like a squish compared to these ladies. These ladies are a lot tougher. These, these radicals in middle schools and high schools and colleges, they would make Stalin blush. Not, no, they shouldn't even go to a forced labor camp. They should just die. That's what's got to happen. Speaking of death, there is a fascinating story that has just come out of the world of science that has everybody shocked, wondering, in awe, scratching their head. Everybody except for regular old Christians, regular, regular old traditional religious people who have long known what this new scientific discovery, this kind of fluke of a scientific discovery has found, namely that When people die, their lives really do flash before their eyes. You hear about it in sort of anecdotes here and there. You hear about it certainly in religion as, uh, you know, you're accountable for your whole life. But now, finally, the scientists have caught up to what ordinary people have known for thousands of years. That's very important, by the way, that uh, right now you go check out Podium. Go to podium.com slash Knowles. Podium is just an all-encompassing business solution. I don't know how, how else to put it. It makes running your business as easy as sending a text. If you own a business, you know there are not enough hours in a day to waste playing phone tag. The list of customers you need to reach does not get any shorter, especially when business 
is good. That's why local businesses everywhere turn to Podium. Podium makes every interaction as easy as sending a text. So everything that makes your business great can get done faster. Podium is not just a better way to communicate, better way to do everything. Gather reviews, collect payments, even market to your customers. Podium makes it all as easy as pressing send. You won't just free up more time. You'll grow your business and get more done. With Podium, you'll close deals with customers before the competition even has a chance to call them back. Join more than 100,000 businesses that already use Podium to streamline their customer interactions. Get started for free at podium.com slash Knowles or sign up for a paid Podium account. Get a free credit card reader. Restrictions apply. That's podium.com slash Knowles. One of Daily Wire's newest projects, incredibly exciting, The Enemy Within, a new docu-series featuring acclaimed journalist and expert in national threats, Lee Smith. Smith uncovers a political coup orchestrated by America's ruling class. Uh, to generate their own wealth and power at the expense of the American people's safety and freedom. In the third episode, Lee uncovers the infiltration of America's universities by Chinese spies, students, and the CCP, along with American professors who've sold their allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party for bribes. Check out the trailer. What if everything we think we know about our leaders, our society, and our relations with the rest of the world is wrong? America is facing two major challenges. One is the Chinese Communist Party. However, the most significant threat comes from within. You're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world. Okay. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about. We've already seen evidence of how the elites want to run the United States. They're modeling themselves after Chinese autocracy. For over a decade, the People's Republic of China has stood publicly accused of acts of cruelty and wickedness that match the cruelty and wickedness of medieval torturers and executioners. Diane Feinstein had a Chinese spy as her driver for 20 years. We're not talking about one person infiltrating senior levels at the CIA or the White House. We're talking about an entire elite class throughout the political, corporate, academic, cultural, and media establishment. My name is Lee Smith. I've been a journalist for more than 30 years. This is the most astonishing espionage and infiltration operation in history. What you're going to see in this series will shock you. This is The Enemy Within. All episodes of The Enemy Within are streaming now exclusively at The Daily Wire. So if you are not a member, now is the time to change that. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe to join us today. Also, in Ben Shapiro's new show, The Search, you will join him and his closest friends as they head to Ben's favorite local spots to dive into deep conversations that you do not get to hear when the camera is not rolling. First, he had Jordan Peterson, and the second episode of The Search will feature his other very good friend, the highly lauded historian Neil Ferguson. This, this is an excellent conversation. I highly recommend you check it out. The episode releases tonight, Thursday the 24th, and will be exclusive to Daily Wire members. So if you're not currently a member, go to dailywire.com slash subscribe to join today. We'll be right back with a lot more. A first-of-its-kind study has captured a man's brain activity 
seconds before and after his death. And what it found is shocking to everyone who doesn't go to church on Sunday, I guess, which these days is probably the great majority of people. So it just, it just so happened that the guy was getting a brain scan and he died as he was getting his brain scan. So they've got the brain scan data of what's going on in his head as he dies. This has not been done before as far as any, any one knows. And the research, which was published in Frontiers in Aging Neuroscience, describes a man who was connected to this brain scan. He, he suffered a heart attack. He died. And they showed the different types of brain waves that were going through his, his head before, during, and even 15 seconds after his heart stopped beating. What some of the researchers found is, surprisingly, after the heart starts pumping blood into the brain, these oscillations keep going. So that, that was extremely surprising for us to see. The, you, you get an, a, a flash of everything you've ever done. You just get a flash of all of your memories just come flooding back to you in this instant. And the person who called my attention to this news story is my wife. You know, sweet little Elisa, she has got a really good gut on political matters, on cultural matters, and on religious matters too. She's just got this, this way of seeing things that cuts through all of the kind of pretentious jargon and all the clinical newfangled wording. And so she sends me this article and she said, hey, are they just talking about the particular judgment? I said, oh my gosh, that's, we're all scratching our heads trying to make sense of this scientific discovery of a phenomenon that we'd heard anecdotally for many, many years. Christians have talked about this forever. They say at the moment of your death, at the exact moment of your death, there is a particular judgment. You're before your maker, right? You know all the imagery. You go up, you're at the gate of St. Peter, you, you meet your maker, and you're answerable for the things that you've done. Now, Christians believe that Christ's death on the cross, he, he redeems man from his sins, and you receive that immense grace. And yet still, and you read this throughout the Gospels, you are accountable for the things that you have done in that, in that very instant of death. And what we are seeing here, I don't want to sound too much like a hippy-dippy new age guy, but we, what we are seeing here is a physical representation of a spiritual truth that people, frankly, not even just Christians, but people of many, even, even certain pagan religious intuitions have been aware of for a long time, though most precisely it's the Christians who have been aware of this. The, the, the longer I live, the, the more I realize that peasant farmers and shepherds in the Middle East 2,000 and 3,000 years ago pretty much figured out everything. And they figured it out because God told them and they figured it out in part because they had use of their reason. And that the, the further we get from that ancient world, <laughs> the, the, the more technology we get, the more iPads and iPods and fancy computers and genius scientists and their lab coats with their stethoscopes, the dumber we get because we're rediscovering things that we already knew were true. And I, I actually think a lot of this just comes back to, yeah, good, we should do good, not do bad. We should follow God, not the devil. We should, there, is, there is virtue. There is a moral order. In, in the Western civilization, we are just starting to come out of, what, 150, 200, maybe even 300 years of fashionable atheism, 
materialism, all these kooky random theories that tried to get away from the basic truths of religion. And we're realizing that it just doesn't hold up. The idea that there's no such thing as good or bad. There's no moral order. It's just whatever we, well, that, that doesn't seem to be true. No one really, if people who try to live their lives this way go crazy. That actually our bodies don't matter at all. We're just spirits. Well, no, I don't think so. You look at a drag queen, you think this is not someone who's totally stable, who totally has the right idea. People who live their lives like total hedonists, just like meat puppets trying to consume pleasure all the time. Actually, they live bad lives. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't hold up. People who try to upend natural, the, the natural longings of man's soul, who try to recreate man, the communist project of the 20th, 19th and 20th centuries, the Nazi project, the fascist project, the things that try to reorder the soul, just doesn't work. Just doesn't work. And I don't, whether the brain scan is showing this or not, it seems to be pretty clear to me that, that the, the basic facts of life, life are actually pretty simple. They might not be easy. They're not always easy to follow, but they are pretty simple. We need to educate people this way. We've got a whole generation that is so extremely miseducated. They can't tell good from bad, true from false, boys from girls. They can't tell anything. And this is by design. This is not, not just because people's IQs are diminishing. They're, they're not diminishing. It's because they're not being taught things in school because they've got kooky teachers who are filling their heads with lies. And this is being encouraged by our political order. There is today the single dumbest article on the internet. Uh, that that uh, great distinction goes to Sarah Jones writing in New York Magazine. She writes about household tyrants, household tyrants. And she's referring to parents. Sarah Jones hates the parents movement. You know, the parents showing up to school boards, parents, mostly moms, but some dads too, of all races, shapes, sizes, geography, showing up and saying, hey, stop filling my kids' heads with crazy racial theories, crazy sexual theories. Stop trying to turn little Johnny into little Jane, you psychos. Just teach him his reading, writing, and arithmetic. Well, this, this woman, Sarah Jones, she says, this is really bad. This is really bad. She says, parents don't lack rights in the United States. They already enjoy the wide freedom to educate their children as they wish, including at home or in private schools. They can raise their children to be Christians or witches or both. The state does not interfere. Maybe the state should interfere if you're raising your kid to be a witch, but another battle for another time. Liberals are generally satisfied with this state of affairs. There's no appetite to prohibit parents from raising their children, and even the most hate-filled churches. Oh, there's not, darling? You don't think so? There's no, there's no effort underway to diminish school choice by the Democratic Party, fighting tooth and nail to stop school choice, fighting to curb the rights of parents in homeschooling, and then, of course, fighting to control the curricula of the public schools to take away the rights of local communities. There's no, none of that. You sure? I, that seems a little dishonest to me. She says, yet, the right believes as if it behaves as if parental rights were under sustained and serious attack, as if the parent has been dislodged from a high place and, as Texas Governor Greg Abbott said, should be restored. The GOP's position on parental rights is not entirely coherent. Any attempt to ban gender-confirming therapy for transgender children. So hold on, I just want to define that term for a second. Gender-confirming therapy is the opposite of gender-confirming therapy. What the, what the libs refer to as gender-confirming therapy is when you tell a confused boy that he's a girl, which would be the opposite. That would be gender-confusing therapy. But she says, any attempt to ban sick perverts from trying to trans your kid, 
theoretically infringes on the rights of the parent, but this hasn't dissuaded the party from its attacks on trans rights. In Texas, Attorney General Ken Paxton had previously issued an opinion defining gender-affirming care as child abuse, which it is. Trans children and their families must now fear the long arm of the state, which will reach into their most private and personal affairs. So I want to be fair to this woman, Sarah Jones. What she's saying is, look, you got all these parents showing up and saying, stop transing my kids, you perverts. And, you know, fair enough, that's where most parents are. But, but, then in response to this, some people like in Texas have come in and passed laws saying that, that tr- transing the kids and chopping up their, their genitals and mutilating their bodies and pr- trying to pretend that they're a different sex, that that is child abuse, which it obviously is. And uh, therefore that infringes on the rights of the handful of confused pervert parents who are trying to trans their own kids. So see you hypocrite Republicans, you're not really standing for parental rights. Okay. Fair enough. You're right. Republicans right now in trying to give parents the ability to at least see what's going on in the curricula, curriculum transparency, the right to decide that teachers should not teach kooky sexual theories in, to, to first graders, that, that stands up for the rights of the vast majority of parents who, who don't want that sort of thing. But yes, it does infringe on the rights of a handful of extremely confused or extremely ignorant or extremely perverted people who are trying to trans six-year-olds. That's, that's good. We like that. We stand up for parental rights as a procedure, generally speaking, but there is more than that. It's more than just the procedure. We stand up for what is right, for what is good, for what is just. I know we should not, we do not defend the rights of parents to do anything. We, for instance, we don't defend the right of parents to abuse their children, whether that means punching them in the face repeatedly, whether that means depriving them of food, or whether that means cutting off their genitals. We don't defend that. We do defend the rights of parents generally. And in this particular case, by the way, where you've got kooky educational establishment trying to trans your kids and ordinary normal parents saying, don't trans my kids, we are defending the rights of parents there because they're right and the educational ambition is wrong. What Sarah Jones points out, she says, the right's real ambition is not restoration, but expansion. They want to create new rights on top of the privileges parents already enjoy. In the party's view, parental rights both supersede and exist in conflict with the rights of the child. The right insists that what's good for parents is good for kids. This is not necessarily the truth, as any queer person can say in return. What? The idea that children are already people with thoughts and needs independent of their parents never factors into the party's position at all. The parental rights movement is not new. The concept is associated with some Christian homeschool activists who lobbied for a constitutional amendment that would enshrine the right of a parent to teach their kid at home. The language might sound familiar. Uh, the, the liberty of parents to direct the upbringing, education, and care of their children is a fundamental right. Okay, so what, what they're saying is, look, the kids have rights. If the ki- This is such a creepy idea to say that the kids have the right to make life-changing, permanent sexual decisions. Because the necessary logical conclusion of that idea, the the inevitable logical conclusion of a five-year-old has the right to mutilate his body or a 10-year-old has the right to take puberty blockers to try to look more like a girl when he's a boy or vice versa. The inevitable conclusion is that children can consent to have sex with adults. That's the inevitable conclusion. It seems far-fetched, does it? I don't think it really does. Surely if a child can make a, if the child has the reason and the judgment 
and the maturity to make a permanent sexual decision, surely that child can make a temporary sexual decision. Now, I for one, I guess I'm a little old fashioned. I'm a little old school. I think that little kids do not have the judgment and the reason and the maturity to make these kind of profound, significant decisions, certainly on sexual matters. The left doesn't believe that. And the left has been pushing this creepy stuff for a hundred years almost. This goes back all the way to the early 20th century to a creepy writer named Wilhelm Reich, who I write about him in my book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, which is a number one bestseller. Thanks to you. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Wilhelm Reich was this weirdo who said that the cause of all the problems in the world, war, discord, disease, even cancer, the, the, the problem is that people don't have enough orgasms. Seriously, this is what he believed. He said, therefore, he had a box. He, ca- he called it the orgone accumulator. He thought there was this sort of life vital force floating in the ether called orgones. You need to get those. And, and you would go into this box, the orgone accumulator, and I don't know what you did in the box, but that would help you uh, to solve all the problems of the world. Woody Allen made fun of this idea as the, the uh, orgasmatron, right? This is the, uh, was it Woody Allen or Mel Brooks? I forget. Easy to confuse the guys. The, the orgasmatron, right? And there were a lot of people who, who bought into this. J.D. Salinger, Norman Mailer, very serious people. When Bernie Sanders in the 1960s and 70s wrote all these creepy essays in Vermont about how kids should, should be able to molest one another, and that's fine. And, and you can also, you can read them in my book, Speechless, because I quote, quote those essays there. He, he was not unique. He was, he was speaking to a prominent strain on the intellectual left, which was saying that kids ought to have a ton of sexual rights, rights to have sex, rights to t- change their sex now, little tiny kids. And when parents say that's a bad idea, You've got creeps like Sarah Jones in the New York Magazine saying, how dare you? You're infringing on the right of little kids to do weird sex stuff. These are the people who are running the most powerful institutions in our country. And and there are more people who are running on on this platform. You thought he was gone. You thought he had been vanquished. You thought he was just circling around a Whataburger parking lot on his skateboard. He lost his race for Texas Senator to Ted Cruz. He lost his race for president pretty early on, despite a lot of establishment support in 2020. You know who I'm talking about. America's favorite fake Mexican, Beto O'Rourke, who is now running for governor of Texas. If at first and second you don't succeed, try and try and try and try and try again. Beto O'Rourke is running for Texas governor on a platform of transing the kids. Beto O'Rourke just just released a new ad about how gung-ho he is to finally fulfill the will of Texas voters by transing the kids. I would not buy our youth in the education system of Texas. I was wondering what you were going to do to protect my rights and my parents' rights to be able to put me on testosterone. The trans suicide rate has been the highest it's ever been in Texas since those bills have been placed. I mean, we're we're seeing people trying to take their lives right now, and it's a tough thing for us to talk about, but you're right, we should say it out loud. So we speak about everyone in this state with pride. We talk about a Texas that is big enough for all of us. We target no one based on any difference between us, whether it is the color of your skin, your country of national origin, or the fact that you are non-binary. I think you're amazing. I'm proud of you. I want you to do great things in this state, and I'm gonna support you in doing that. 
And I'm going to say that publicly as the governor of this state. That's going to be a big change for Texas. It just feels like he would be defending me and caring about my rights as a trans non-binary person. It feels like he'd care and he'd actually listen to our voices and our thoughts about everything. Beto O'Rourke ran in 2020 on a platform of, hell yes, we are going to take your AR-15s. And now in 2022, he's running for governor on a platform of, hell yes, we are going to take your gonads. Yes. Hell yes, we're going to trans your kids. This is very important. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. Wait, hold on. Hold on. The, the confused people that Beto O'Rourke was talking to there and the radical sexual activists that Beto O'Rourke was talking to there, they might be perfectly nice people. I don't know. I don't know them. They might be productive members of society. If they're showing up to Beto O'Rourke rallies, I highly doubt it, but maybe they are. Maybe they volunteer and do good stuff. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they, you know, helped little old ladies cross the street. Why are they amazing? They're amazing because they don't know what sex they are, or they're pretending to be a different sex, or they're insisting that we get rid of bathrooms for women, or they're insisting we get rid of women's, and that's amazing. Why is that amazing? Am I amazing because I have swarthy skin? Am I amazing because I have, uh, what, two or three inches of hair? Here, a little quaff. Is that, am I amazing because of some way that I present myself to the world? No, what it's not, it's not really amazing. Beto O'Rourke is pandering here. I guess the only, the thing that is amazing really, it, it, this goes deeper than anything Beto O'Rourke has ever been able to think in his entire life. But there is something amazing about the transgender issue, which is one, as a biological matter, this affects very, very few people. I have, I have, listen, I have no doubt. This is a fallen world. Some people are born with nine fingers and 11 toes. Some people are born, people are born with all sorts of quirks because we're all, we've all got imperfections. And so sure, I'm, I'm sure there's some biological basis for all sorts of sexual pathologies and confusions. There's also obviously a social aspect here. You look at Gen, Gen Z, the Zoomers, 40% of them, 40% of them identify as LGBT. So either Alex Jones is right and there's something in the water turning all of the freaking frogs gay, or there's a social aspect here that's not really rooted in any kind of born this way or, or natural or even, even you know, uh, natural environmental factor that's going on. But what's, what's amazing here is that as technology advances, the physical aspects of our lives seem to matter less and less and less. You, you, you hear this from our ruling elites all, all around the world, not just in our country, but all around the world. The World Economic Forum, talking about the Great Reset, right, where they say, you're going to work from home a lot more. You're not going to go to an office. You're not going to see people too much. You hear it from Facebook, where Mark Zuckerberg says, you're not going to go to bars and meetings and birthday parties and weddings. You're just, you're going to sit in your little apartment and you're going to put goggles on and you're going to live in a Candyland world that I made myself. And then you're going to interact with cartoon versions of people. You're going to leave the real world created by God for your flourishing. And you're going to go into a creepy video game invented by a lizard person named Mark Zuckerberg. That's, isn't that a great trade? Why would you want this world with, you know, the over, the brave or hanging firmament, the, the majestical roof fretted with stars, the beautiful wildlife, the flora, the fauna, everything, 
all of our real loves and hopes and joys? Why would you live in that world given to us by our incomprehensible, all-loving creator when you can live in a weird video game made by a human lizard? Wouldn't that be in your little pod that you don't, you're not allowed to leave because, you know, there are germs outside uh, where you just eat the bugs. It's very important. They're a good source of protein. Make sure you eat the bugs, our elites tell us. Isn't that great? And your physical body in this hellish dystopia uh, does not matter as much. And what transgenderism says is your body doesn't matter as much. Yeah, my body, I look like a man. I talk like a man. I've got this uh, deep, slightly gravelly voice because my allergies are acting up. It's not just one too many cigars, but you can see I've got an Adam's apple. I look like a fella, but deep down, I'm really a lady and that's, that's all there is to it. A Gnostic heresy. As I said, it all, (laughs) we get dumber every year. We get in our modern world. We've never been so stupid because what we're seeing with this transgenderism issue is nothing more than the same old Gnostic heresy that's been going on for thousands of years. And every few hundred years, every 500 years or so rears its ugly head to try to destroy civilization. Beto O'Rourke made an important point there. He said, Texas is big enough for everybody. Sure. I mean, the thing is that there's no such thing as a transgender non-binary person. I'm not saying the people who believe that they are that don't exist, but it's a category error. That category of person doesn't exist. It's a delusion and delusions should not be encouraged. But is it, is it big? Is Texas big enough? It's not big enough for all these ideas. Frankly, the country is not big enough for all these people. We're running out of time, so we'll have to get to this tomorrow. A shocking new number just came out. The number of immigrants in the United States, legal and illegal, has hit a record high, 46.6 million in January. It's up 1.6 million just in the last year since Joe Biden was inaugurated. This is part of a bigger problem. I mean, I mean, no disrespect to any immigrants from any country that they come from. That's just too many. That's just too many foreigners in a country to have a country. A country proceeds by having traditions, by having bonds of of friendship and citizenship, common language, a common experience. You can let immigrants in. I'm not saying to shut immigrants out entirely, but you can't just flood the country with an entirely new people and expect to have the same country. It's not possible. And we are seeing that. We are seeing borders changing, countries changing left and right, whether it's in Eastern Europe or even more distressing, perhaps right here at home. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, Vladimir Putin begins a full-scale invasion of Ukraine and throws the world order on its head. That's today on the Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen. Mm-hmm.